future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. And most poor suckers are starving to death. I'd like to propose a toast. This is On the Rocks with Alexander, coming at you from Sunset Gower Studios in the heart of Hollywood, where I drink with your favorite celebrities and we talk about fashion, entertainment, pop culture, reality TV, and and that's about it. So pop a cork, pour a glass, lean back, and enjoy On the Rocks every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Oh, Lord, help us. It is going to be a bumpy, bumpy night. We got Hollywood in the house. <laughs> are you ready, bud? Ready I just kind of took are. off, took off. Um, we have such, such a fun show. Um, I just want to welcome everybody. Uh, I'm about to take you on a journey. And I've already had a couple of uh, martinis, so I don't know what kind of journey or where we're going to end up. Or we're going to end up somewhere. In fact, tonight, I'm doing vodka and Pinot Grigio. Ooh. That's what it says on the label. Are you allowed to mix? Well, because I've been inspired by the book I read okay. in the last few days, you know, if I want to be like Rita Hayworth, I'm going to have some vodka. And if I want to be like Bud Moss, I'm going to have some Pinot Grigio. It's all over the place. And if you're reading about me, you'll have Dr. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I knew I had to go run to Dr. Pepper before. 10, 2, and 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that's the first ad. Yeah. Um, I want to welcome all of our new listeners, especially our new listeners on iHeartRadio. So happy. Uh, this is one of our, I think, our, our third show on iHeartRadio. Welcome. Welcome, iHeartRadio. For our new listeners, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at On The Rocks On Air, Facebook On The Rocks Radio Show. Or if you want everything in one-stop shop, go to the new website, ontherocksradioshow.com. We have pictures. We have behind the scenes. We got links. We got me singing and dancing all over the place, all the things that you want. Um, Kurt, hello to my trusty engineer. Yes, how are you doing tonight? Thanks for dressing up for us tonight. Oh, no problem. Anytime. <laughs> you know, we're a little fancy tonight, Kurt. Yeah, you know. And you're wearing a shirt that says pugs, not drugs. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I have a pug, you know. I apologize, bud. <laughs> you do have a pug? Yeah. I didn't know that. He doesn't live with me in my apartment because they don't allow then dogs. Then you don't have a pug. Well, he's with Where my mom. Where is the pug? He's with my mom. Oh, it's like, it's like a timeshare dog. Yeah. I want like a timeshare baby. Like I want my legacy yeah. to live on, but I'm not going to do diapers. I don't want to do pre-fifth grade maybe. I want them to have some talent, be able to okay. make a martini, and then I want the timeshare baby. So you don't actually want to do the, like, having them grow up part. You just want them I need to grow done. up first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, Kurt, do you have a pun for us today? You know, I, you have to have your highlight I, every show. I do. Um, I, I had a friend tell me some bird puns, puns but I learned that uh, Toucan play at that game. Oh, oh my God. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> well, okay. It. And what an <laughs> intro. There you go. Returning, one of my fest. Uh, Your <laughs> my fuzz. <laughs> one of my favorite guest co hosts, uh, Stan Zimmerman. That was my mother clapping. It <laughs> yeah. was a very loud clap. That Just woman. to reiterate, um, you've written, uh, you wrote for the first season of The Golden Girls. Uh, you've written for Gilmore Girls, which Roseanne. Is back, which is back. They're well, and filming you went to now. the set. I did go to the set. I think I took the first official picture of Stars Hollow in Snow. Do you know I did, you did not know that. Th and did they contact you? No, but every single girl under the age of 16. And my became, friend Thomas. And your friend Thomas <laughs> became my Instagram friend literally in an hour. It was very, very exciting to see that. I'm so happy for all of them there. It's a great show and to be back. And now Melissa McCarthy is coming back. I knew she would. Oh. And it's going to be really, really fun. Well, we joked because she's been talking about they just didn't have the time to mm -hmm. align it because she's a big movie star. So my joke to you was yeah. that maybe she calls in from rehab. There you <laughs> and go. She just does like a brief, oh, a brief stint. I'm sure she would love that, yes. Everybody's <laughs> excited about Gilmore Girls. Um, I I never watched the show until my friend Thomas introduced, and then it was like this, This it has a cult following. Well, also interesting, most our shows are about 60 pages. Ours was 90, because they talk so fast, and they talk so fast because Amy Sherman Palladino wanted to create almost like a 40s, very fast-talking uh, movie, which is actually a good segue to our wonderful guest. Exactly. Larry, how do you like that? For yes! Uh, a little transition there. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure you all were very involved in movies that were just 
the rapid fire dialogue, which was so exciting in with Rosalind Russell. Russell, she yeah. was known for she all known of that. For, and Cary and Grant, yeah, yes. known for that. And did they have, ever have problems talking that fast or the dialogue? Guess not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Rosalind Russell and Cary Grant had to do a lot of the rewrites uh, on His Girl Friday, so they would film, and the night before they would look at the next pages. But the studio didn't want Rosalind Russell, a female, to be involved with that script, so she rewrote it under a mm. pseudonym, and then Cary Grant rewrote his part because under pseudonym, and they would practice these parts. So when filming, they just That's they boom, just boom, do it. Boom. But if you if you uh, compare the script that was submitted mm. to whatever library, whatever, to the actual, nope, nope. What actors rewriting lines? I know. Call the guild. I know. Oh. Um, just real fast. Oh, oh and uh, stand. Yes. Not only you consummate writer. Um, in fact, you had a reading in New York that was very successful. Sherry Shepard, Rachel Drash, Michael Yuri. We're going to do a lot of uh, name dropping, uh, by know. the way. Well, they're the name <laughs> droppers. Uh, There's been a lot they, of names. Uh, um, and then I'm so excited to be using my skirt chaser coaster. There you go. And, you know, I'm not that fancy during my show, so I'm like, oh, a coaster. I know. It's about, um, it's about time you upped it, your game here. Thank you. Thank. Well, we yeah. are on iHeartRadio now. Love that. Yes. Um, skirt Chasers is your is your di- directorial debut. Yes, it is. With Amanda Burst, who's directing four of them. I directed one. It's a web series. It starts streaming May 22nd on telefilms.com. Barry Bostwick, more names, Meredith Baxter, Elizabeth Keener. Well, and as a little little promo for our show, we're going to actually have some of the stars coming in uh, with you to talk about this. How exciting, but directing. Yeah, I know. It's about time. Got to put the big man pants on, Stan. And man underpants, too. There you go. Well... Maybe if not. you go for that. Okay. <laughs> I want to apologize to my Uber driver. So you know how Uber is everywhere now, right? And I love Uber. It's it saved my life. In fact, we should have had Uber in classic Hollywood because it would have saved some other lives too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Uber has this program where they lease you a Prius. So every Uber now is a, is a Prius. Yeah. And they take yeah. the lease out of whatever you earn on a weekly mm-hmm. basis. <laughs> so I, you know, I rush out, and I'm always like, I'm, I'm like the the bumbling professor in, in any movie, right? I got papers and my phone, and I'm still plugged into, you know, whatever. And the bottle of vodka. <laughs> yes, yeah, sloshing yeah, around. Yeah. Except now I use like a thermos cup. It's Good so effective. That's it's so nice. effective. Anyway, so I go out, and there's this, there's, there's a Toyota Prius. So I get in, and this girl, this girl starts screaming at me. She, she wasn't an Uber driver, and here's this <laughs> man. She's screaming. I got scared. I dropped everything. And then I slammed the door, but my stuff was still in her car, so she thought I was running after her because she took off. Oh. Sorry, Uber. There you go. Um, A quick shout out uh, to our sponsors. Of course, Rocks Vodka. There's three empty bottles in the freezer. That's how good this vodka is. I love it. I love it, too. Um, And Bud, in his book that we're going to talk about, uh, his chapters with Rita Hayworth, loved her vodka. So the whole time I'm reading this book, my mouth is just watering. Thinking vodka. about vodka. So thank you to Rox, Rox Vodka. Um, also, Overboard LBC, which is one of the biggest pride parties for Long Beach Pride on the Queen Mary, which I will be on. I don't know how that's going to be. <laughs> I really Man don't. overboard. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of uh, men's overboard and some <laughs> half men's and dressed like men's everything, and everything. Everything in between. Everything in between. Yeah. Also, Spunk Lube, our, 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 our tired and true uh, sponsor. There you go. Thank you for what you do. <laughs> Whatever they do. Whatever they do. And also our media sponsor, Pinnacle LA. Uh, Follow them on Twitter at at Pinnacle App um, or at Pinnacle underscore LA for the hottest events from nightlife to restaurants to family activities, anything local they're tweeting about. And they're retweeting everything from the show, too. They better. Get on it. Get on it. Um, Also, just a real another uh, quick, and then we're going to start. At Rockwell, May 24th, I will be performing. Yay. I will be there. I'm singing, and I'm calling it Summer. Sondheim and Spears, because I'm singing Donna Summer, Stephen oh. Sondheim, and Britney Spears. Oh, Never before. Mashups. Yes. Mashups. Um, and I'm proud to say that I am doing this as a um, as a fundraiser for our good friend, Mindy Sterling. My uh, good friend, Mindy Sterling. Your good friend, Mindy Sterling. Love her to death. Uh, she has a 10-week challenge, and she's given herself 10 weeks to raise $100,000. Wow. So we're going to do a little telethon on the show in May. Okay. Um, but I'm donating 20% of the show uh, profits, and she's going to sing a duet with me. Did you know uh, that she sang? Yes, because she's sang for me in my TV theme song musical that we took to New York. So she did sing Good Times. Oh. <laughs> I know. I love it. From she, the series Good Times. She's like yeah. four feet tall, yeah. too. And she sang her little heart out. She's fantastic. Uh, so I'm really excited then. We haven't decided. I gave her some, some suggestions, and she's like, no, that's too common. We need to, you know. Anyway, so Mindy's going to bring there, uh, be there, and she's going to uh, sing a duet. She's bringing a bunch of stars. So go, go to rockwellla.com. Buy your tickets for May 24th. Stan, you'll be there. I'm definitely there. And I hope our guests will be there. I was there last time. Yes, you were. Yes, I was. Okay. Yes, with her black boots. I love Karen and her black boots. Like when you see those boots a-walking, 
Mm. That's you, okay? That is, that, that is definitely. Okay. Whose phone is that? She's got boots on right now, and they're black. So there And those go. boots were made for walking yeah. and kicking, because she's kicked some Hollywood butt. Yes, I have. And will continue. Uh, yes. Okay. That's, that's why I'm sitting over here. <laughs> um, so I need our listeners who are usually here with their solo cups. Um, if you're in your jammies and if you're drinking from your solo cup, take a moment, put on your tuxedo, pour your stuff in a wine glass, even if it's plastic, because we are fancy today. Yeah. Uh, we are in the presence of Hollywood greatness. And I'm going to get through this intro because I just want our listeners just to, just to know exactly what we're dealing with. Um, returning to the show, uh, you you came on when we had Miss Shirley Jones, which yes, I did. Stan, I was like this, I was like ah, with drool like yeah, dripping I said down. Nothing the entire hour. It was you and Shirley. That's so were like, bad. I was like ah, Shirley Jones. We talked about her going to the gym. Like we talked about everything. Uh, still had room for more. And then I went to see her show in Palm Springs. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, on Valentine's Day. Oh. Yeah. This is how gay I am. I went to see Shirley Jones in Palm Springs with my mom on Valentine's oh, Day. But wah, wah. You're the gayest person ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I was not the gayest person there, I will tell you. There was awards to be won in Palm Springs. Um, I, was, yeah, I was there Friday night. Such Sweet. an amazing show because she sang with her son and then uh, her grandson got up. God, he was good. But all of these songs that I listened to on, on, on vinyl... Carousel, Music Man. I mean, she sang all of her hits, and her she top did. notes are so there. Wow. I was like a founder. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> the bartender was like, would you like another? I was like, yes, please. <laughs> I must have looked like a freak. Uh, you know, mascara running, the whole thing. It was it was a great show. Yes. So Karen Cato of yeah. Karen Cato International, um, a Rolodex of the who's who of the entertainment world, celebrity, manager, producer, director, uh, uh manager, uh, I said that twice, because you've managed so many people, i got to say it twice, and you're writing a book we're going to talk about. This is, these are just a few of the names. Robert Redford, Liza Minnelli, Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett, Cher, Jane Fonda, Nancy Reagan, Elijah Wood, Audrey Hepburn, Sophia Loren, Lana Turner, Doris Day, Betty Davis, Elizabeth Taylor, Dick Van Dyke, Sharon Stone, Whoopi Goldberg, Penelope Cruz, Jerry Lewis, Joan Fontaine, Olivia de Havilland, and we're not just talking about, oh, she said hello to them in the hall. I mean, she worked intimately with, with and this is just, just a scrape of the names. Yeah. Stories about every, everyone. My favorite is when she was young and she went to stalk Judy Garland at the CBS studios. Mm -hmm. And she weaseled her way in to see the dress rehearsals, the performances of Mr. Oh, Reagan. How did, you get, how did you get I in? I stole a script. I was invited to go oh. on a Friday night to a rehearsal. And, and when I went in, there was a script lying on the edge of the stage. And so I kind of borrowed borrowed it and uh so the next week i went to the stage entrance and with my little script that i had borrowed and <laughs> and i said i have to return this to stage 33 and they oh, said do you know oh. where you're going i said yeah of course and they said oh i'll go ahead were you nervous and then I, nervous yeah yeah <laughs> and then i had to get into the studio oh. in order to watch rehearsal well there was a close strictly close set and there was a very tall, red-headed, nasty uh, guy at the door who said, where do you think you're going? And I said, I have to return the script. He said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and he said, uh, "If the only way to get in there is to get permission from Miss Garland. And I said, well, where is she? You know, like, like they're going to tell me. And they said, and he looked and he said, turned around, and he said, follow the yellow brick road. And there was a yellow brick road painted on the second floor of CBS that led to her trailer door. So I... Went down the yellow brick road like an idiot, you know, <laughs> knocked on her door, and Mel Torme answered because he was the musical director at that time. Mm. And he said, yes. And I said, in f I, I'm sure I said it in very fast and had up my little piece of paper. And I said, hi, my name is Karen Cadle, and I'd like to watch rehearsal. But in order to do that, I have to have Miss Garland's signature on this paper. And he went, Judy, <laughs> Judy, come here. I went, I'm so dead. I'm so, and by I'm this near tears, I'm just scared to death. And she comes to the door rather inebriated in a red sleep shirt, no makeup, doe eyes, and said, yeah. And I told her again, I spiel. And she said, uh, you really want to do that? And I said, more than anything else I can think of. And she said, give me the paper. And she signed her name. And I skipped back down the yellow brick road <laughs> to the red-headed, freckle-faced guy and said, here. You're like, boom. Boom. Drop so mic. Drop script. And uh, he said, 
I don't know how you did that, little girl, but go on in. And I went every Thursday. How did you do? Where did you get that? Chutzpah? I don't know. I have. No, I wanted to see Judy Garland. From your parents? I mean, where did that? Not go? from my parents. No. That's no. for sure. No, no, my parents would never have done that, and they would not have been pleased had I. Uh, I just motivation. When I want something, or if I want to work with somebody, I, I'll get to them. I once booked mm. myself on a flight so that I could meet Melina McCurry, and I ended mm. up sitting next to her. Perfect. Uh. But that's Karen, and her stories are so like that. It's like you know, if there was like like a like a terrorist negotiation, I would yeah. like screw the politicians or like yeah, the cancers. Send yeah. Karen in, and we're gonna have a musical afterwards, yeah. right? Like, it'll be like a booked right. musical. Forget Trump. Can, yes. you, can you lead our country yeah, now? Sure, please? Okay. not a problem. Okay. No, but I got in, <laughs> and nobody was making me leave except Judy. If she wanted me to, I, of course I would have, but she didn't. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine. And you were talking about some of the, some of the rehearsals were super late, and the performances yeah. were late. Yeah, the energy on that set for that show—it uh, was every Thursday. She was a different person, and that what was interesting to me. I mean, I loved her. I didn't care what she was. I didn't care who she was. I didn't care what she did. I didn't care if she was drunk. So I didn't care. And sometimes she wouldn't sing. She said, "You got a record, play it," and oh she God. would just stand there, and they would play the song that she was would sing on the on the show. But and then other times she would be breathtaking. And today we have names for all those things. What would you bipolar? You, you mean? Oh, yes. Yeah. Is that what you think? Well, she was uh, addicted to well, pills from addicted. an early she age. She was yeah. addicted. Yeah, she was a mess. She was an alcoholic, and I'm sure, and on God knows what, and very she's very changeable. So I'm actually know. reading. Uh, it's it's supposed to be the consummate biography. Um, it's called Get Happy, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm right in the middle of it. There's so much information. It's a little dry, mm -hmm. um, but if you are a Judy fan, just read it because it talks about her parents and her whole parents' history, well, yeah, which is so fascinating. That's so fascinating. Talk yeah. about you know trudging she through had a lot to go through. Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of reading, so I put that biography down because mm -hmm. I had to because I had to read. <laughs> I didn't have to. It was a joy. Um, Bud, Moss, Bud Burton Moss presents Hollywood. So I read through this in like a day. I just tore through it. Um, That's good. Talking about, so as we introduce, uh, Bud Moss was literally born into Hollywood. Children's Hospital of Hollywood comes from uh, a, a family background of, of film people. Uh, during Hollywood's golden age, he's the most storied talent agent. Um, and so let's 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 name a few, shall we? Okay. Betty Davis, Jack Valenti, Sidney Poitier, Elizabeth Montgomery, Barbara Eden, William Shatner, William Landau, Shelley Winters, Sid Charisse, Mia Farrow, Tom Bosley, Ruth uh, Roman, Carolyn Jones. Um, royalty, by the way. The, the list of royalty is like Sir, Prince, whatever. Uh, Larry King is a good friend, and of course, which is a, a large portion of the book, uh, about Rita Hayworth. And Rita Hayworth was my mom's favorite, favorite actress. Um, and so just to put this in perspective why I love classic Hollywood so much, my mom was a single parent, and she worked three jobs to put me through private school. And we had this beta machine that the neighbor had given us, and he had beta. three beta. What's beta? <laughs> right? Yeah, well, sure. Wow. But it's that quality yeah, film. Yeah. And this was when VHS was, so it was like a, you know old machine. He had 300 movie tapes in his library, all black and white oh, films. Oh, my God. From the most obscure 10-minute films that they would play before and after, all of these films. So I fell in love with all of these actors. They were my friends on a daily basis. So this book brought a lot of those old friends uh, back to life in such a loving way. And this is what I love, but about your book is the affection that pours out of the pages um, is, is unbeatable. Thank you, thank you. Um, and uh, part of being young is, was when you started, and Karen, when you uh, started, all of these huge legends in their own right, you've seen them at their most vulnerable mm -hmm. towards the ends of their career mm -hmm. when there's been issues uh, like Rita Hayworth. Uh, nobody knew Alzheimer's at, at the time, and people thought it was yeah. People thought it was alcoholism, um, but both of you have have been through this kind of sadness from from your friends who are legends, unfortunately passing away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the sad part because uh, those those people that affected us so greatly are for the most part gone. Well, as are our legends for the most part gone. You but but we're left with remarkable memories and lessons 
I, I, life lessons that one you were, will never... You were talking, Alexander, about uh, adventures and journeys. Oh, yes. <laughs> my, Many journeys. My journey with, with Rita started when I was 11 years old. Blood and Sand. My father was a film editor on Blood and Sand, and he took us to a cast and crew screening at, at Fox Studios, my mom and my brother and myself. And the minute, the minute Rita came on the screen, I leaned over and I said to my dad right in front of my mom, She's almost as beautiful as mom. She's got red hair. <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> um, Sitting in the screening room, what, not only was Linda Darnell, who uh, was one of the leads too. in it, but Anthony Quinn. And Tony Quinn... You became friends. ...became like a connection of mine all the way down the line. From the time that I saw Blood and Sand, I fantasized about... You know, my folks would always take us to the movies. And down the street here, where the parent, where the Pantages Theater is, yes. there used to be a, a, a silent cowboy movie theater there called uh, The uh, Hitching Post. Mm. And hmm. you'd go on a Saturday afternoon, and they would have horses out in front. Oh, my God. And the cowboys that lived up in Gower Gulch doing all the westerns would be in there. There was Bill Boyd. There was uh, Hopalong Cassidy. There was uh, Roy Rogers. There was uh, uh, Wild Bill Hickok. These were all my favorite cowboys. And when you came in, the stewardess, the, the, the ushers said to the cowboys, check your guns here at the counter. <laughs> <laughs> so from that point, I would start seeing some of the early Rita Hayworth movies, like Cover Girl and, and uh, one was called uh, Only Angels Have Wings. But Blood and Sand started me on my journey. And from the time that I was 11 to 16, even though first thing I wanted to see were Rita Hayworth movies, I became a busboy at Fox Studios when I was 16 and 17. And my dad got me a job there because he was working on the lot. One afternoon, like around 1 o'clock, in came Rita Hayworth with the great <laughs> Daryl F. Zanuck. And I froze. And I said, is this the time that I'm now going to propose to her? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there and said, am I going to tell her that I, I fell in love with her blood and sand, that I want to be a bullfighter and I want to go to Spain with her? Yeah. And I'm looking at her and all of a sudden I got hit in the head with a wet towel. The maitre d'. <laughs> The maitre d' said, Bud, wake up and clean off table 14. <laughs> That's a Hollywood reality. scene. That's a Hollywood That's scene. Reality. From that point, 19, where were we? 56. I'd started doing extra work. Which and I think is hilarious, by the way. And I, I, you know, I did 100 movies. Everything from The Egyptian to It's a Wonderful Life to God knows how many. I, I worked at Metro all the time when I was a kid. <clears throat> and would they just call you in the morning and say, get down to the studio? With you no, know we, had central we had central cast. And what does that mean? Well, we called in a number, and they said, this is Buddy Moss, number 379. They said, go to um, uh, LAX airport. You're getting on an airplane at 6 o'clock in the morning, and you'll be back at 8 o'clock that evening. Makeup will be on the set. And we flew down into Arizona. We landed in the Jeez. desert, <laughs> wow. and there in front of us were these Egyptian towers. <laughs> It was the set of the Egyptian. And you had no idea where you were we going. We had no idea. We spent two hours in makeup. And they, all of a sudden, I'm looking around. There was 500 guys all dressed oh, the same way. Oh. And they said, no, you're going to climb up on this pyramid. Don't worry about the arrows. They're not real. And we, <laughs> yeah. we would fall off. Oh, we'd get stunt yeah. work. And that was, that was working on the Egyptian. And they'd get on a plane and go home? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. the next day could the next be day something else. That's right. How much were extras paid in, in, oh, in those days? $75 a day. What? Oh, that was a yeah. lot. That's pretty that was, good. That was a lot. Of money. A lot. Yeah. And they gave it to you in coins, I think, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but in 1960... Good for the economy. In 1956, at the bullfights, I started going to Tijuana every Sunday for the bullfights. Just and because of Sunday, Rita? I, hmm? Because of Rita? Because of Rita. And I ran in. <laughs> they were sitting in the Caesar Hotel was Tony Quinn with a bunch of people and Ruth Roman who was in the movie that they had just made called uh, Blowing Wild. I think they shot it down in Mexico. And he said, Bud, this is, Re this is, this is uh, Carol Ruth, <laughs> Ruth Roman. This is Bud Moss. He's an agent and all that. And we became friends, started talking. I had a bar in Westwood called the Matador Bar. And people used to come into that. Yes, hello. This is Tony Morell calling in for the radio oh, show. Oh, hi, Tony. Wow. <laughs> so, so hello. Did I get straight through to the inner sanctum? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. God. <laughs> to the throne room itself. I thought I was going to go through three different people screening me out. No, you are VIP, Tony. We've had, we've had Tony uh, on the show. Tony is 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 a legend in her own right. An amazing voice, uh, paying homage to all of the great ladies. I was able to see her show, and all the great ladies were actually sitting in the audience. Um, Tony, how are you? 
I'm doing fine. I have not been the same since I sat on your lap, darling. And let your <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. Nobody that is. Over. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. But, you sitting on my lap made me question a few things. <laughs> it oh, made you que- well, I know you went a very strange shade of purple, darling, but I've lost 40 pounds since then. So well, I gained in them. Future, <laughs> I'm more robust. I, I can handle you now. <laughs> oh, you can handle me, baby. Oh, well, congratulations on the new show. Thank you so much. And congratulations, Mr. Bud Moss, on your new book. You're very kind. Do I see you at Book Soup on the 23rd of this month for a book signing? Oh, I say you're smooth, aren't you? Yeah. Did you like that? <laughs> oh, you worked, did you like that? You worked four, that in. Four o'clock, and if Do you I? read the book, on the front of the oh, book, it, said, it says, Forward uh, by Larry <laughs> King. And Larry King, What's is gonna, darling? And Larry King did the forward on the book. <clears throat> and he you might be it. there also to sign your autograph. There you go. To sign my autograph, they can say, oh, Larry King, fabulous, and who the hell is she, Tony Morell? <laughs> well, I tell you what, you have also got with you there a star in her own right, although she won't bloody admit it because she's far too modest. But uh, Karen, as you know, Bud, um, has known all the legends behind the dressing room door and it's such a great honor to be speaking to you both as well as you alex darling of course thank you so tony as 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 a fellow performer uh, you've you've been able to meet some of some of the women that that you've paid homage to what's what's kind of the first feeling you get when you come face to face with with one of your idols that you've just sang their songs i think I think absolute awe. So I've got two ladies here trying on clothes here, trying on glitter. So there's about six million people listening, girls. It's all right. Uh, The first thing, I'll be honest about it, is I know it sounds, I don't know, as if I'm being possibly a little overdramatic. What's new? But absolutely awestruck. Um, I grew up in the north of England. I watched the BBC, too, every Saturday afternoon when they had these great stars on. And to actually face-to-face with the legendary Miss Shirley Jones and have her say to me that the evening meant so much to her, and I know that all of Karen's work on producing that night, I think in one fell swoop, was just... Uh, that was worth every single moment. But for me personally, it was one of the greatest honors of my life. I, I, yeah, it was a good night. That, that was a great was night. A great like, Tippi Hedren was in the audience. Yeah, uh, I had about so 11 stars. stars. Yeah. yeah. I, and Lou Gossett Jr. Yes. Somehow he snuck in. I don't know. <laughs> He crashed the party. certainly not the most pretty lady I've ever seen, no. but my God, he's a handsome old burning love he is. Except and, on uh, Thursdays. Oh, no, yeah. he, it was marvelous. And then to see him on the Academy Awards, I went, oh, yes. my goodness me, this is big time. But, you know, that night was perhaps, well, not perhaps, it was one of the most special nights because we have now... <sighs> We're losing the great, great legends, and we can pray that they're going to last to 105 or 110, but let's face it, we will never see their like again. And that's why, Bud, Mr. Moss, may I call you Bud? You certainly can. Thank you, darling. Bud. You see, that's the trouble with me. It's my northern English accent. It's like Bud. But, uh, but Bud, um, I'm glad you're so glad you're doing this. And uh, and I know that uh, Karen has plans for also it'll be a whole different take, of course, but uh, on the great legends that she worked with and that she understood. And she understood there. You would never believe Lana Turner could be insecure. You would never believe some of these greats could be insecure about themselves. But it was Karen that brought Lana Turner out for that final time in Spain in 1996. And to me, that is a major, major thing, which should be committed to paper. And uh, I do believe that Karen has booked our show in Australia. And I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to be talking about 
me. But I just wanted to say that the show that we're doing is called Starstruck, a tribute to the legendary ladies, which basically ties in with what you're talking about tonight. Um, but the thing that we get to do is keep alive the great, great talents that were the stalwart, that were the, 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 the foundation of this business. Well, I think and, you would uh, probably, I think you would agree with all of us that Rita was probably, apart from being one of the great, quote, sex goddesses of all times, truly, and her life was a tragic, she had a tragic life at the beginning, which is a totally different story, but we'll go into it another time. But I think in terms of people that, that we all looked up to, she was truly one of the greats. And I was honored to go from the time that I was 11 years old to start saying that one day I was going to meet her that we lived, yeah. we traveled together until she could stop working in 1980, and then there was that slow, tragic decline with Alzheimer's. And in 1987, her daughter, Princess Yasmin, called me and said, Mom died, we're coming to Hollywood, and I want you to be one of the pallbearers. Mm. What an honor. What, what an honor. honor. A well-deserved honor, though. Aww. Yeah. What, what, what made her stand out, if you had to mm. pick certain adjectives or qualities? Why did, was she above the pack of, of people in Hollywood at that I time? Think for me personally, having been with her when she was still, uh, uh, that she could still work. The movie that we made in Madrid, having... She replaced Joan Crawford. She, that she placed oh. Joan Crawford in this film, was to be with her <clears throat> on her great days. And when she was oh. all together, you know, people used to think she would drink and she was doing and all that, and it was that slow decay that was taking place. Hmm. But she, she used to call me Rumi. Because we traveled together mm. and we played together, and when we were like when we were in Madrid, one day we were going to a press conference, and as we got out of the limousine, she said, "What is Sidney Poitier doing in front of this hotel?" And there was Sidney and his four daughters. Your friend. <laughs> and I grew up with Sidney. He was a client of mine. He was a friend when I did extra really? work. <clears throat> I worked on a movie Third. called Blackboard Jungle. As, of course, as and, an extra, right? As an extra, <laughs> and that's when I met Sidney. And in 1969-1950-was-that-Marilyn-Monroe's-one-of-her-first-sashaying-across-the-street-right-and-when-I-was-1960-when-I-was-an-agent-Sidney-came-to-the-office-one-day-to-meet-all-the-agents-and-he-says-
in Buenos Aires in the midst of what they called a dirty war in 1976. There was a few bombings you were around. We walked in and out of two bombings. and a, a, a Like literally you were there. We were there not right just far right away, like right there. And when we went to Rio, uh, George Gindley, Jorge Gindley, was this billionaire who was one of the great Lotharios. And he made a, his life dedicated to spending the millions of dollars that his family had going to bed with every woman that he possibly could. There was Veronica Lake, there was Rita, there was Hedy Lamar, there was Monroe, there was Jane Mansfield. Can you and imagine his black book? Yeah, <laughs> and the stars. The gold. When, we when we were in Rio, <clears throat> Judy Alt, her assistant, and I decided we had an hour to go, two hours to go to Sugarloaf. And we said to Rita, do you want to come with us? And she said, no, I'm okay, I'll stay here in the hotel. And we said, are you sure? Because we didn't want anything to happen to her. We went to Sugarloaf, we came back three hours later, rushed into the hotel, and the room was empty. We panicked. We couldn't figure, and we yeah, went to the manager's office, and they said, we don't know what happened to her. She canceled her lunch with George Gidley, and I'm sure she probably just took a walk. It, the way you recount it in the book is so terrifying. You have to read the book, because the whole story is there. But the minute that story hits, because you know, you're traveling with her in these issues, as a reader, you feel this panic, too. Well, we started going through the streets of Rio de Janeiro, down on the beach. We went from Copacabana Beach to Ipanema Beach. It took us an hour and a half, and we had security with us. We were looking all over, and all of a sudden we started thinking, maybe she got kidnapped. Mm. I said to myself, oh, God, God. If, if she's kidnapped, God, what would happen if she's killed or something? It's all because I took her on this, this, this TV trip mm. to, to Argentina. All of a sudden, at the end of this little beach, we saw all of a sudden see 20, 30, 40 kids with their kites up in the air, which they were very famous for doing in, in Rio de Janeiro. And all of a sudden, Judy started to scream. She said, there's Rita. And Rita was with these 10, 15, 20-year-old kids, these little kids flying a kite on the beach, the great Rita Hayward. And I only had a picture, mm, a camera yeah. at that time. But we, right. I, I think we actually have a picture of you um, and her um, on, on the beach. Um, uh, Tony, I, I just wanted to say thank you so much for calling. I'm going to put a link to the show on my w website. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to say this is a, a great honor because you obviously have two of the greatest people in this business who can recall and who know and who know what it was like you know, b behind that dressing room door. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, I am a little tired of mediocrity in this world and in this business. And it's time now that the younger people got to really know about the greatness of those stars. So thank you, Bud, for writing this book. And we will look forward to uh, Karen's book, I believe, around the time of Australia. It will be... Uh, a great honor to read both books. When are you going to be at Book Soup again then? We're uh, there uh, two weeks from Saturday, the 23rd of April. 4 p.m. at Book Soup. Right. Legendary Book Soup. <laughs> now, if Legendary I'm... Legendary Book Soup. Well, I, I will be there. And, Alex, a tremendous uh, uh, pleasure to speak with you again. And, Bud, for the first time to speak with you. And, Karen, for the 50th... I don't know how many times we've spoken, but this lady has stood in our corner for many years. So Thanks for calling God in. Bless you yes, all. Thank Good you. Luck with thank you, Tony. Thank you. Thank Thank, Thank you. you. And I look forward to meeting you, Bud. All Thank right? you, my dear friend. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you, Tony. Um, so, but I want you to go back to the story that we were interrupted yeah. where you were meeting uh, Ruth Roman because obviously she played an integral part. And this is where I want to spiral into also, Karen, bringing you in the conversation. You're going to spiral? Spiral. Oh. Well, I'm spiraling right now. Yeah. Vodka Ooh. and Pinot Grigio. Yeah, and this is a theme in your book, Bud, and in, in our conversations with you, Karen. It's being at the right place at the right time in these weird instances, such as we're going to get to your Evita story, because when I read that, I threw the book in the air. But I have the, <laughs> I have the concept album, the record framed of uh, the concept album of Evita, the Elaine Page Evita, the Patti LuPone Evita, and your whole Evita story and how that changed your I've been, life. I've been told I had to ask you about this, so I cannot wait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that theme about really being... and So go, go back to the Ruth of Roman story, because th well, th this is an enchanting story. With, with Ruth, uh, after we started uh, spending time together, having met Tony, uh, Ruth had just gone through a, a divorce, an ugly divorce, and we started dating. And she said, I have to go to Paris to do a, a dubbing on a film with Akeem Tamirov. We made a movie together, one of those 
TNS Sands type film. And I said, you know, I'm working. I've got to be in the bar. I can't leave. And she said, well, I'll call you when I get to Cannes, and maybe we can fly over then and spend a couple days. She called again, and she said, I miss you. You know, I want to come home. She said, I'm getting on a boat. She named the boat. One of those old days on, on the telephone, it was that radio connection. I couldn't hear the name of the boat. She said, I'll call you when I get to New York. She said, I always stay at the Warwick. She tried once to call me from the Mid-Atlantic, and all of a sudden the phone got cut off. And I'm now working in the bar. It's two days later. And all of a sudden, two guys walked in the bar and said, geez, I just turned on the radio. Some big luxury liner called the Andrea Doria was sinking off the coast of New York. This was 1956. It collided with a Swedish luxury liner called the Stockholm in, in 10 miles off the coast of Nantucket. The Andrea Doria was so badly, poorly just ripped open at the bottom that people said they could watch these helicopters going over the boat as it was trying, you know, sinking, trying to get everybody off. Ruth took her son, Richard. They lowered him into the, the lifeboat with a rope. And just as she started to climb into the boat, they said, I'm sorry, there's no more room. This lifeboat's going to sink. The guys on top thought that she had gotten in the lifeboat. The guys down below thought they were going to take... She was hanging on the side of this oh luxury God. liner for about 20 minutes, just Aye. swinging back and forth when they finally pulled her back up. I didn't know where I was going, but I heard that this luxury liner was sinking. So I got on a plane. I went out to LAX. Mines Field was what LAX was called back in the early days, the silent days. And I got on a plane. It went to Denver. It went to Chicago. And then finally into New York. It was a 12-hour flight. Mm. And when I got to the, uh, to the airport, I called the Warwick Hotel to make a reservation. And I said, this is Bud Moss. And this is this Bud Moss from Hollywood. I said, yes. Miss Roman's trying to reach you all night. She said, she got on the phone. She was hysterical. She said, where are you? And I said, I'm here. I'll be there in an hour. That period of time started our relationship with her son, Richard. And we hid out on Long Island for a month. And finally, we decided we were going to go back to L.A. and we were going to get married. We both had this passion for Spain, going back to Tony Quinn. She had worked with Tony Quinn. They were good friends. We contacted Dominguin, who was Spain's greatest bullfighter, whom I had met before in L.A., and he said, come to Spain, you'll be my guest, and we decided we'd stay there for two months. Two years later, we're at the <laughs> bullfights <laughs> with Dominguin again, and we decided it was time to come home. Ruth went on to, uh, to Cannes to do a movie with Richard Burton for a couple of months, and from there we came home, and that's when I became an agent through her agent in New York, Martin Baum. Uh, unfortunately, as the, the, the industry always turns out to be, our, relation, our marriage kind of subsided and we went our separate ways. But it was the years at General Artist Corporation that I learned my craft. I learned from almost the beginning, there was a pilot being cast called Peyton Place. Mm -hmm. And the producer was a friend of mine. And we had this very shy, quiet, like a little, do a little doe. Her name was Mia Farrow. <laughs> and I took her to meet the producers, and he said, this is our Allison, which was played by Hope Lang in the original movie, who was a client mm -hmm. of mine years later. I made Mia Farrow's deal for Peyton Place, which overnight made her a star. Probably within a year of the series, I get a phone call one morning. My secretary said, but I think Frank Sinatra's on the phone. I said, sure, and Marilyn Monroe's out of the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, it really sounds like Mia Farrow. When Mia started shooting the series, I gave her a stack of my business cards, about 100 of them. I said, Mia, when anybody comes up to you and says, we want to make a movie with you, we want to do this, we want to do a commercial, give her my card and say, whatever you want to do, it's okay with me, but call That's Bud fine. Moss. I pick up the phone. I said, hello, Bud Moss? I said, yes, Frank Sinatra. I said, I know. He said, I, I just was at a cocktail party the other night, and I met a client of yours by the name of Mia Farrow. And I told her I was amazed about her career. People told me how great she was. And I told her I'd love to take you to lunch with your agent or whomever, but I would like to find out more about you. He said she stood there and reached into her purse <laughs> and looked at me and said, Mr. Sinatra, I would love to do it. But before I do it, call Bud Moss. Yeah, it's great. I said, Frank, I said, you know, what, what, what am I going to do? I called Mira, and I told her what happened. I said, Frank Sinatra is called. She says, oh, God, did he really? And I said, it would have been okay not to have given my card. 
that, that, that started yeah. this long relationship. Wow. And that, that was the whole nature of the business. And one of the my favorite aspects of the book is it's before the cell phones. And so a lot yeah. of the deals done by hotel messages to your room, uh, messages from people running into you at cocktail parties. Where I, I need to go back in time because my drinking would not be an yeah. issue. I'd be yeah. I'd be an underachiever yeah, in those be. days. Um, but the way that business was done over facts and, and, and these kind of things, one of the themes also is, is taking a loving approach to your client, and sometimes you have to go over and above. Karen, I know that you have a lot of stories about some of the times where you see your client vulnerable and you kind of ha- have to step in. Yeah, well, it's, it, you have to do some therapy sessions, really, depending on, on what they're going through, whether it be uh, crying or yelling or throwing things or... And uh, people have always asked me, "How do you put up with these people?" And I says, "Well, you have to, you have to remove yourself and at the same time relate to what they're going through." Many times, I've stopped to star and, and said, "What is this really about?" And You're were throwing- you ever attacked personally? So that I mean, they must when and they get upset. Yeah, start I've had going th- you can you. name drop a little. I have characters. I've had things thrown at me. But I mean, even verbally or uh, uh, no, uh, very rarely. Or about you, and only a couple of times, uh, and it's usually I was just uh, well, I, I will say because he just passed, but uh, I was verbally attacked by George Kennedy, hmm. uh, the last time I worked with him, and I haven't didn't work with him after that. Um, but he was sick, and he was very troubled, and he he would go from I don't know what I did before with that without you I don't I, I was you've changed my life you're the best thing that ever happened to me to what are you trying to do ruin my career ruin and then he'd yell at me and so he was kind of uh, bipolar maybe perhaps or something but he was ill and you, you had th- this kind of uh, loving experience with with Lana Turner on on many times oh as, gosh as, as I had yeah I had probably the most emotional time with Lana that I've had with anybody outside of uh, Joan Fontaine. Uh, Lana was at the end of her life. Our trip to Spain was the last trip of her life. She had cancer. And everything in her life had come to this moment of, of it's over for me, isn't it? And when you're in that moment with them, boy, you've got to come up with the right words. What do you say to, to someone? You say... It may be over for you as far as the work, but as far as the memories and what you've given, it'll never be over. You'll last forever, and you will last forever, and she will. So you and have th- to and through you and through, and you through telling me, the story yeah, through, and Bud telling the story, yeah, and through people live. like Tony Morrell paying homage to these fantastic people. But it was very, uh, it was very hard for her because she never went out. And so to take a trip like that was very difficult for her, and she was dying of cancer. How do you deal with the grief? And this is a question for both of you, but in your book, we, you've, you, know, you built these characters up uh, larger than life, and then in the book we have to say goodbye to Jack Valenti, Carolyn Jones from, of course, Adam's family, um, and then you recount her, her final days, uh, Tom Bosley, um, and then Karen, I know you've had to say goodbye to close friends as yeah, well. Very close. V- very recently. Uh, yeah. Stan, this, I'm just patting myself on the back. Uh, when Karen was on one of our earliest shows, Joan Fontaine was listening to oh, the show. Wow. Like, how Good. crazy is that? Oh. What goes through your mind when you do get that phone call? How, how, do, you, how well, do you even deal with that? Joan, I got that phone call at uh, midnight. I was on vacation in Italy. And I was awakened. And I didn't, she wasn't sick. Joan was very healthy till the day she died, which was, thank God, 96 years old. But she, and she told me how she would die. She said, I will lay down and take a nap in my, her beautiful suite, looking out her bay window at her rose garden with all of her five dogs around her, and she would not wake up from her nap. And that mm-hmm. is exactly what a way to go. how she died. That's exactly how she died. I have her picture framed in my living room um, of her looking at her Oscar award with, yeah. when she wore that veil to, to, yeah. to the Oscars. Yeah. That was a, a hard one uh, because I was closer to Joan than any, any other star ever for reasons I'm not sure of. But Alex, yeah, it's hard because you know you're going to lose them. Yeah. Alex, I was impressed when you said that of all your all the chapters that you read, that the Avita chapter chapter <clears throat> really got to you uh, without cutting in over there. That's okay. I had been in London on one of many trips, and while I got my first night there, I ran into Robert Vaughn, who was a client of mine. I went to college with him, and years later, I put him in a man from Uncle, 
And he says, where are you staying, bud? And I said, I'm at Brown's Hotel. He said, why don't you stay in my place? I've got five bedrooms, and I wanted to be able to uh, have you stay with me. So I left Brown's Hotel, took the address, got a cab, and I ended up at a houseboat on the Thames River, which is where Robert Vaughn had stayed while he was making a movie for two months. Is our time okay? We're, we're actually, we're, 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 we're actually, can you, I can't even believe, uh, I can't uh, even over. believe, and, but this happens all the time. But just like your book, Hollywood, is volume one of volume two to come, uh, I want you both to come back, because um, we have to hear the, the rest story. of this. Do I have 30 seconds? Yes. Karen and I have been working for the last couple of years, going back to 07. She wrote and created a series concept called Director's Choice. Into the mic, but... Director's Choice. There we go. Originally, Jack Valenti was going to host this talk show with an Oscar-winning director and an Oscar-winning actor, and sadly, he passed away before we did it. Years later, I took it to Larry King's company with Karen, and Larry's King, Aura TV, bought the project, and this is the first announcement of Director's Exclusive Choice. Here. Ah, here Exclusive here. Exclusive. You heard here first. Yeah. Karen, Larry King's wife, Sean King and I will co-executive produce this new talk show starting probably sometime in the fall. Oh, my God. Stay Can tuned. I please come to the set? Please? Yeah, please. we have, we have uh, commitment you, uh, from amazing we, people. Only if we can come back again. When oh, of course. Are you kidding? I'm ready to do another episode right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having us. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, th Thank th these stories, like I said, we, we barely even brush, no, not even the small scope. Um, Get the book. Uh, it's it's Bud's second book, actually. Um, it presents Hollywood, and this is the first volume. Um, a huge part about Rita Hayworth. You have to read the part about um, Evita in London because that that kind of changed, changed your agent's life. life. We didn't even changed talk about life. you were one of Tom Cruise's first agents, by the way, when he was a kid for forty five minutes, and he put his dirty <laughs> shoes on your sofa. I met him after Taps. I was working in casting, and he, he was responsible down. for Taps. Well, he came in right after uh, that, and, and in a casting office in New yeah. York. And, and then he went excited. crazy. Do you see what happens when you leave Bud Moss? You go crazy, you and go you go to Scientology. I'm scared yes. to leave him now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to thank all of our listeners. Thank you. Oh, I had a great time. Thank you for including me. Oh, you know, Stan. Come on, you keep me in check. I came here for the rocks, vodka. Come you, on. Well, that's true. We will see you at April 23rd at the Legendary Book Soup on Sunset Boulevard. Download or get the book off of Amazon. Uh, Bud Burton Smoss presents Hollywood and there's great pictures too we've been playing them during the show Good. Um, and then Skirt Chasers which we'll talk more about yes, um, coming Karen uh, I know you're on chapter 3 of your book I, I cannot am. wait yes my book uh, title Lana Turner gave me it's called Tender Truth Ugh. which I'm going to try and tell love it love it love it love it again thank you to our listeners next week we have pop stars Ricky Rebel and Caswell a whole different type of show wow. yeah. it's like Cirque du Soleil of the gay uh, Kurt <laughs> as usual thank you so much uh, we will see you go to the On the Rocks radio show for all of your info goodbye goodbye <laughs> this has been On the Rocks with Alexander every Tuesday at 7pm on Universal Broadcasting Network find me on Facebook on On the Rocks radio show Tweet me or Instagram me at On The Rocks On Air. See you next Tuesday!